I've just got some numbers I wanted to go over. So I thought I'd start with a uh, case of a patient who, it's one of those things you see and you know it's probably not all that serious, but still kind of gives you the creeps to be in their shoes. But it was a really nice guy. He was an RTD janitor working at like kind of the RTD like light rail stops and was cleaning up and um, he got a needle stick from kind of in the trash can or just somewhere like that. And I'm just like, ooh, of all places to get a needle stick you know not, not the thing of choice but he uh he actually brought it in it was kind of like an old school insulin uh, little you know lancet just so they could kind of get that you know blood stick there so not knowing anything else would you guys say that's high risk exposure low risk not sure what to do low risk i think i heard more low risk and yeah it actually would be a low risk exposure as as gross as that is and as full of cooties or whatever else you want to call it in there um, is actually relatively low risk exposure. So we, we do see that, especially at nighttime, we get a, a lot of these, uh, you know, needle sticks that come in, you know, mostly from our own people here in the hospital, but also from outside sources. And it's kind of always that question. We kind of scramble and go through the book or just try to decide together. And I think patient involvement is a huge portion of that. Um, and the real question is, is there a virus we're concerned about? Three main ones that we are you know, concerned about, HIV at the top of everybody's list, Hep B and Hep C. Those are the main things that we're concerned about with those. HIV is paramount in most people's mind for that. And it's kind of, you know, is it worth the post-exposure prophylaxis? I mean, do you really want to go through at least four weeks of antibiotics and six months or even longer of testing um, looking for that? Or would you rather just kind of roll the dice and hope you're going to be okay? It's good to have at least some numbers there. I mean, you know, there's no large control studies where they're going to start poking people with needles and, you know, see who converts. But we, we use what we can. Um, so the highest risk, risk exposure... What's that? Oh, anybody? Yeah, Hep C is going to have a higher conversion rate for sure. Um, I, I should have clarified maybe the type of exposure. So, uh, large bore needles, hollow needles with fresh blood on there are going to be the higher risk ones that we go to. Obviously, if you have a large open wound or blood directly into the bloodstream from somebody else, that probably takes higher risk. But for common exposures, it's that uh, large hollow bore with fresh blood on there. Um, if you have that case with a patient with known HIV, large hollow bore, fresh blood on there, the conversion rate of somebody who actually seroconverts is still one in 300. So even in that very high risk situation, you know, 299 times out of 300, you're going to be okay, which is maybe reassuring, still not wonderful odds when you kind of know what that might entail uh, as far as seroconverting to HIV. Um, and it's kind of, you know, weighs into that decision. Now, if you look at the numbers reported are like 1.2 million in the U.S. that have HIV. So, again, that's about one in 300 people in, in the U.S. have HIV. So, if you have an unknown exposure, you know, again, even in the highest risk scenario, you don't know anything about the patient. You're, you know, one in 300 times one in 300. So, one in 90,000 chance of, of, of getting HIV. So, uh, odds are kind of, you know, playing the odds the best you can with that. If it's dried blood, that is more reassuring. You know, they, HIV doesn't survive very long in a dried medium, so um, they think a couple hours is, is what most people kind of uh, report with that. So um, the kind of order is fresh blood, dried blood, then going down to semen, then saliva, and then, uh, what was it? oh, urine was above saliva, and then vomit's kind of last on the list as far as more likely to, uh, you know, get anything. The other thing that weighs into that is if you know anything about the patient, if their viral load is very active. And so most patients with HIV or do not have high active viral load. So those are the only ones at higher risk. And so for kind of all those reasons together, most people are not getting the, the antibiotic prophylaxis. Now, some people are uncomfortable even with a one in a million odds and they want the antibiotics. And that's, I think, a choice that they can make on their own as long as you kind of, kind of go through everything with them. But uh, just a few things to keep in mind with that. Oh, bites are the other one. You guys think bites are high risk, low risk? I was going to talk about. If you get bit by a human, 
It's actually pretty low risk. I mean, you know, it, it's again gross. Nobody likes to get the thought of getting bit by somebody, but things that would make it high risk if there was somehow the patient's own blood in their mouth and they penetrated all the way through the skin, you know, that that would make it a higher risk bite. And you just kind of use your judgment on, on that with it as well. But I think that's it for today and blood.